0: You've got to excuse the hair. It's been apparently in Manchester, we've been in some sort of restrictions for 305 days or something. <laughs> Haircuts are a thing of the past. I've already learned do not cut your hair off at home because I was bald earlier last year. Is that what happened?
1: So you, you attempted your
0: own haircut and you went a bit bald? Yeah. So I did it twice, right. went perfect, got the wife involved, all the hair came off. So, you know. So, yeah. Um, One of the questions I had for you was about lockdown and all of that sort of stuff. Because you've had to, I think you've had to kind of switch how you're writing and recording stuff now. I think you mentioned that you were in, uh, like using studios a lot of the time, but now Mm -hmm. you're having to do a load of stuff at home. So when we first started working on this track, you said, I'm waiting for all this equipment to arrive and trying to figure all this stuff out. How has that process been over the last... Six, seven months.
1: It's been the most stressful but most interesting journey at the same time. I've learned so much and I've learned so much about myself, about music equipment, about how Hermes are one of the worst delivery services. (laughs) 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 It's been such a journey. So, yeah, to start off with, I've always recorded music. Well, since I've been doing it for the past two years. Um, in studios so I was used to going into a professional studio having an engineer there or the producer you know they're pressing the record on logic or whatever program they're using and I'm just looking pretty cute whatever in the booth (laughs) singing my little song being like can we do that again let's just do that take again like however many times I need to but then when lockdown happened um At the beginning, in the first lockdown initially, like studios as well, they were all closed. Obviously people, their discretion were still going to studio. But for me and my family, I was like, you know, I don't want to put them at risk. So let me not go to the studio. Um, But that meant I have to get equipment because I, I was working on an album at the time and we had so much work to do, but I had zero resources. Like it was so bad. I didn't even have a laptop. And that sounds so crazy to people, but I, I like to think I'm a bit of a granny. I'm an auntie, which is quite funny because I work in tech.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um I was used to just using my little PC downstairs and on my phone um and like my old iPad, like iPad 2 from like 2012. I would use like garage band. So that's what I would use to make my demos. And then yeah, I would yeah. go to the studio and make it all polished and nice and whatever. But I was just like, right, that's not going to run. <laughs> so I almost had to do the the hard thing of kind of budgeting and literally asking all my musician friends, all my producer friends, being like, guys, what do I need? And then I'll start with my Mac, a laptop. And I didn't even go for the Pro, by the way. I went for the Air because, again... Budget hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i'm working part time i 'm studying part time i 'm not the most richest person in the world, and so I was just like, I have to get what I can afford, and I was lucky enough that um I work for a company that gives me like certain discounts, but still mm. I still had to pay a decent penny so yeah, I had yeah. to get that, and um, my spec's up just a little bit, but it still wasn 't top of the range, right um kind of got my piano got my speakers, monitors, mic. And I was like, I'm good to go. Let's start recording. And then I was just like, this is really hard. <laughs> um, like, it was crazy because then I was so used to doing like three, four takes in the studio. It sounded so nice. But because it's always just me using the equipment, it's just raw. I'm just hearing like, my voice basically like no auto-tune nothing it's just like what you're hearing is what is actually happening and I was like I hate this
0: (laughs) yeah I mean that's a thing I think most people have been struggling with and like I've seen more and more is more people asking what equipment to get and what to buy because it's it's kind of a minefield like really when you look at it it's like there's so many things you can get like in terms of packages and like focus right do like sets so do you get a set of something or do you buy just the interface that's separate from the microphone and then what like does the microphone work with a mac and then how do you actually run all this equipment and how How do you you use logic like it's it's way deeper than what a lot of people expect
1: yeah exactly and also for, for a lot of us as well especially in the christian community we're figuring out how to also do church online so all this equipment i'm getting for myself but it's also beneficial for the church Because then on a Sunday, if a set needs to be recorded, I know that I can record it in my room, in my house, or just record my vocals or whatever it is. But at the same time, I I felt very overwhelmed because people were sending me a heap of stuff. And I was just like, I had to just it out, basically. That's way out of budget.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You just have to be so honest with yourself. I had that because I was basically the church band for like the first four months. Because I have like... I bought an electric drum kit because I'm a drummer first. So, like, I love drumming. So, like, I got an electric drum kit and it was like, oh, you can play guitar, bass, and drums, right? Well, you do all the worship production and we'll just send you vocals. And then, like, every week I was just having to churn out all of these sets. I mean, people were, like, asking me, like, how do you route audio through your Mac to go from here to Logic to go to Zoom and do all this other stuff? And I'm like... (laughs) Literally,
1: like, I'm, like, I was struggling with the basics. Yeah. Like how do I record multiple times without having to go to my computer over and over again? (laughs) Like, I was at the very basic stage. And it's very interesting because I had, I was lucky in terms of like, during my degree, I did studio performance. So I learned how to use Logic, Ableton, all of those different softwares and programs. And so it was just more me kind of, kind of waking my brain up a bit. And it's readjusting because I've not been using that equipment for a couple of years now. Um, And so it's like even simple things like as well, like when it came to, I think, um, recording the actual audio of it and the quality of mic as well. That was really important to me. And so that's where I spent more money on was getting good microphones. And I think that's what's important. That's like my advice to other people who are looking to get their own equipment is know what you exactly want to use and what you need it for. Do you, is it worth you paying more on the monitors or or and having a cheaper interface and a an a, and a okay mic-ish? Or do you need to have a really good mic to make sure the sound quality is amazing? Because at the end of
0: the day, if you're not the one mixing and mastering it, mm. your speakers, your monitors can be all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've always, when I first started, I had a 2011 MacBook Pro that I used for like eight years. And it was only last two years ago that it died but then yeah. like I'd had I just used that and a pair of headphones that's all I had and then like had some interfaces like midi interfaces and stuff yeah. but now like I'm doing more research into it because um, looking to do some sort of series online about how to build from the ground up again
1: Love, it, love um, it, yeah. And
0: even me looking into this sort of stuff, I'm like, I get, you know, like just going on Amazon and just going, okay, audio interface and seeing all the options. You're like, okay, what actually is worth it? What would I put my money into? Mm. How would I approach it now? I mean, like, I've got good speakers, but that's because they were lying around at church and no one used them. And I was like. I have them. (laughs) Like, yeah, we love that. People in my church they know that one well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, so when you're looking at interfaces and stuff and a mic, so like I can see you using a Shaw SM. Listen, let me not lie. Yeah, this one was for aesthetics. (laughs) (laughs) But that microphone is is I know is a good one because I see a lot of people using it and it's like you can use it for anything it's a good all-round versatile one did you go to your people like your producer friends to kind of go like I got a budget of this much like what do you recommend or yeah
1: I was I was completely transparent about that and so like even now one of my producers is like your interface is crap but (laughs) he's like we'll cross that bridge and we'll get there but it was I was just very honest about what I could afford and also the quality of what we were going for. So I also had to bite the bullet in that sense of how could I make sure that when you, people listen to the album and the audio, especially my vocals, like it's actually consistent. That's what's important. Even though, yes, a lot of stuff can be done post, like during the mix, but it just makes the engineer's life so much harder.
0: But yeah, it's 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 definitely yeah. interesting Like when you start delving into this world and realizing like, oh, oh this this is how it actually works. Yeah, I think, and the and the pandemic has really opened a lot of people's
1: eyes in a really good way in terms of um, how how does it actually work, you know? How do these kind of recorded videos, whether they're live acoustic or one take, um, how do you actually do them? What's actually the work
0: required to put in, to make these things happen? So that's something that I've definitely learned. Mm. So when you came around to recording, call your name, one, you went hard on all the vocals seeing as you sent me about a hundred vocal stems <laughs> um, so you, you recorded like yourself doing a whole choir parts um and also like getting producer involved to to go low um those stems were fun to play yes, with where he was like yes, real Mike, deep voice yes,
1: well He's amazing. so was
0: that done at home or was that studio or apart? so that was Both? like
1: so that was like it was weird so our, we had access, because we're still studying, both of us, we went to our uni and we recorded it there. So that's what we were able to do because um, we wanted to, again, use a really high-quality mic. <laughs> um, and, and also, my stuff had not arrived at that point. So I think my keyboard had arrived, but not my microphone or my monitors. That was literally, arrived, was delayed for two months. We recorded the vocals um, in the studio, and what was so funny about that um at uni was that I was doing all the choir harmonies. I was just like, like mm. I can't go low enough, Mike. I can't go <laughs> low enough. And I was like, I need you to sing this part. And he was just like, huh? This echo effect that we were yeah. kind of going for there. Name, 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 name. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I want I want that name, but an octave lower.
0: And he went in and he nailed it. It was so much fun. (laughs) When I first put them in and, like, kind of just heard them all at, like, the same volume at that point where it was like, I heard this is, like, real deep rumble of a voice. I was like, (laughs) wow, she's got some range on her. (laughs) This is the first time you have ever chatted face-to-face as well, which is hilarious. I think you reached out to me, like, probably a year and a bit ago, maybe?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, because when I saw... um, when you were building up the project for the like, or the Solitude project, um, I was just like, I thought this is the most amazing thing ever, and I already was a huge fan of your music back from when you were this. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! We're gonna talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. <sighs> okay. However, I was like this is my time. This is my opportune moment. <laughs> I'm gonna
0: slide in them DMs. And we're going to collaborate. I think it was Broken Hearts you sent me?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. I remember listening to it. And then that drum beat comes in and I'm like, it could, in my head I was like, this could go one of two ways. Either this is just yeah. like someone that's like messing around on GarageBand with these loops and then <laughs> kind of like does something or this could be really good. Luckily it was a former. Um, <laughs> and I was like... We thank God. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, uh, you did that and then... Um, the other bigger, like well, the other bigger track that I kind of uh, came out after that was "Dreams" with Ash Alia and like yes. those that cl- uh, that collab's incredible. I love that song so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that that was a dream collaboration. No pun intended, but yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 it was amazing. So when it came to, I think I was, so I was messing. Someone asked me to do a remix of one of their songs. I don't really do remixes. I don't like doing them, but I started messing around and had the idea for this this beat and then I think I sent it to you when I was like I think I just sent you a video of it I was like I've got this beat and it's like it's meant to be for a remix but I don't really want it to use it for a remix So I think it's better than a remix um and then you were like straight on it like yes 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 give it to me give it to me (laughs) like
1: my brain just went crazy with so many ideas because I I heard the soundscape and I love soundscape but I'm a sucker for it so when I heard this little, like, rain, but it felt very much like rain on a window sort of thing. And I was just like, I don't know where it's going
0: next, but I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't give you any direction in terms of, like, what the song should be about either. Sometimes I mm-hmm. kind of have, like, like you say, like when you hear a track, you're like, oh, okay, I feel like it could be about this, or let's go about, you know, here's yeah. a Bible verse that I feel like it should be on. Um, I think you just kind of, like, scurried away and then sent me like voice notes of like here's what i think it could like here's what i think and i'm just yeah, like yeah, yeah go for it go for it um yeah so, so throughout the process of writing it you said you listen to soundscapes and that sort of stuff like the melodies come first the lyrics come first oh gosh it, there's no one way that i
1: do it but with this track in particular i looped it for like two hours straight right and i went for the world's longest walk <laughs> and because it was during that season as well Boris allowed us to have unlimited exercise, a Boris walk, <laughs> yeah, so I said, Boris, okay, I'm gonna have my unlimited exercise, and I'm gonna only listen to the song, mm. and when I go for my walk, usually, I walk through a park by my house, and in that time it's summer, the sun was shining bright, the flowers were blooming, it was the kids were playing in the park. It was just a very beautiful, scenic kind of route. And then all I kept hearing in my head was, I see you in, you see me through. But I I kept hearing it echo, the rain, the fire. And I was just like, whoa, like, <laughs> I have to run home. Yeah. Even though I'm about 45 minutes <laughs> from my house <laughs> and like record this what was quite funny with the song was because I was just kept en- envisioning fire and rain and the wind and all of this, like, I was just like, let me just read the Old Testament. And I think I sent you a, kind of like an email message saying, like, I was just reading First Kings and it was, I think it was, like, Elijah when he was going through, you know, the mountains and valleys and he's just like, God is like, I'm not in the fire, I'm not in the, the earth, like, I'm not in the... Ri-. I was just like, I just... I was like this is such a picturesque moment in the bible and I was like I can I can imagine how many of us have felt like God where are you like are you in the fire like are you in this really difficult season of my life or are you in the seasons where I know things are amazing and I might not necessarily hear you but like I still feel that you're there because things are going really good so Yeah, I just kept kind of picturing these Old Testament characters, you know, Job, Noah, all of them going through these really tumultuous, difficult seasons of their life, but they were very much attached to nature.
0: Uh, I've switched up how I'm I'm going to do these chats now where I've said (laughs) I want the other person who I'm chatting to to give me some questions as well, so it's more of a conversation. I've got the
1: perfect question then for you.
0: My question for you is then, what do you look for
1: in someone to collaborate with. So from when I first listened to you, there's always been, a lot of the time, some sort of feature, or there's like, an, I call it the X. <laughs> the X on the track. Yeah. Um, that you're, you're doing a song with. What, what for you do you look out for or do you listen out for when mm. you
0: collaborate? So I have to collaborate with singers and songwriters because I can't write lyrics that well and I don't sing. So... <laughs> Off to a great start there, um, but in general, um, I have to be a fan of them, mm-hmm. so I'm not looking for like clout or like numbers or anything like that. It's like, do I like their music they're putting out? If it's a yes, then okay, cool, then it's kind of like clocked in my head. I'm like, okay, I kind of got these people that at some point I'd like to do a song with, and then I will when I'm writing stuff, I don't really write with the intention of writing for someone else. I'll kind of go, oh, okay, I'm writing this. This kind of sounds cool. Oh, I know who would be good on this. Like, for you, for example. Um, but then there's other times where like the stuff with Elizabeth Harder that we did, like I went to her because I liked her songwriting. I went, can you write me a few songs and then I'll mm. produce it or like switch it, remix it, whatever you want to say. Yeah, it, it kind of just like being a fan of the people that you're working with really helps because then you want them to sound really good on your thing and also like i liked your stuff because you bring a unique sound into a song like because you you, and it's the same with most other people it's like when i collaborate with someone i don't want them to just feature on me like here's my sound like let's do it but like if i got someone else to write on this song they wouldn't have put a whole choir in they wouldn't have like (laughs) do you know what i mean like you wouldn't have you would get something totally different but yeah in general like i just like working with people I like listening to. Yeah, I think that's something that I've also believe in. It's like
1: if I want to work with someone, I want to be a, a huge fan of your work, you know, whether it's the one track or it's a whole body of of tracks. I want to believe in what you're doing. And I think at the end of the day as artists, I think it's so important that that we just kind of work together because there's there's so much room and space for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the difficult part of doing music sometimes. It's like it almost feels like there isn't. Mm. Because it's like if someone's got a similar sound to you, or like we're talking about earlier, trying to get on a playlist, you're like, oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should have changed it up or have done something that was a bit more generic or something that's kind of mm. um very popular right now. But I think the beauty of collaboration is this Two people or three people, however many people are collaborating, being free to bring their ideas and coming together and create something fresh and new. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, like uh, for me, brighter was kind of like a song that my did. favorite. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. noticed it, and then after that, loads of people wanted to collaborate with me to remake or make a song like brighter. But okay. I'm like, I yeah. don't. I've already got one like that. Like, I don't need yeah. to do that. And plus, that wasn't. I didn't go in. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't, when I was chatting with Steady, I wasn't chatting with her to be like, I need to make a song like this. It was like, yeah. I have a backing track like this, and your vocals would really suit something on this. So this year, I've got like the track that I worked on with you, and then I'm doing a load of instrumental stuff, just re bringing that back in, because I did that right at the beginning, but then just not, yeah, never yeah. really did it. Um, and then working with an artist again, just a single one, just to like make a project. When you said writer,
1: when I heard that track for the first time I said this is fantastic like it was again a a collaboration that I never expected because I was a huge fan of study I was a huge fan of you but then again seeing you guys work together and create something so beautiful was just so amazing and it brings me on to my next question which is like about your journey as a producer what do you see as being next for you in terms of music like what was something you'd love to do next because like i mentioned earlier i was listening to you back when you were this i've been listening to you from when you amen worldwide was a good christian music blog (laughs) and i've seen both yourself and i would say other um, artists associated with you evolve and change but yeah what is next for wild
0: yeah i think i want i'm trying to figure out the production stuff more. Like I'm self-taught in it. So it's like trying to push that a little bit more and get back to the sense of being free within the production. Because I think over time, as you kind of grow and things start going okay, you start to become more and more safe and more and more like not really wanting to kind of push outside of it. Um, So like, not that any of the tracks I put out beforehand are bad or anything like that, but it's like you kind of, don't want to push it too much and and kind of rock the boat because you're like oh like it's going okay for me right now like, like <laughs> if i just keep going like this and it'd be okay um and i used to find so much like freedom within like the first ep so the, the this ep right i um why did i call myself this that's the biggest regret i ever had Look, that,
1: that that is a question why did you call yourself
0: this <sighs> yes. i thought it would be funny because <laughs> that had,
1: really the reason,
0: yeah. So I had this with this, a full stop on the end, yeah. So I had this whole idea where, in my head, I thought it'd be really funny when I did a gig, the person on stage would be like, And now, welcome to the stage. This, and then I just walk on, and go like, All right. Um, in my head, that was hilarious. <laughs> in practice but what happened
1: in reality <laughs> is that
0: radio stations had no idea how to say my name and what I was doing or anything and then so I was at big church day out and walking around and there was like a load of industry people or whatever there and we chatting and the, uh, like on that day there was Stephen from Amen Worldwide going you should probably think about changing your name and then two other people when I was chatting to them that there are radio people they go you should probably think about changing your name it's really hard to figure it out and then like, go to the next one and they're like oh, you should really think about changing your name and I'm like okay cool <laughs> I think I should change my
1: name now what I was going to say I think for a lot of people creating or finding that artist name is the, probably the, one of the hardest things to do so what what did that process for you look like in terms of <laughs> listing the different
0: names I walked around a field did and you? wrote down names on my phone and Wild was the best one <laughs> That's literally...
1: really was
0: that literally what happened yeah there's not wow. much thought that goes into 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 the name um we did this whole instagram thing recently didn't we where you someone what's it someone uh someone yeah. messaged you going what does wild stand for is it is it what are you, what are you lot doing or something else and I had someone ask her like is it worship your lord daily and I was like it literally stands for nothing it's really not that deep it's literally wild spelt wrong (laughs) I mean going back to the creating thing like I just want to get back into like creating for fun and just enjoying making music again because sometimes it can feel like a job and a process so kind of forcing yourself to sit down and write a track in that day or forcing yourself to do something um just to get back into the swing of it and find the enjoyment in it and just mess about not self-edit so much and so I want
1: to ask a next question, which is, I think, more about you personally, rather than music. Growing up, who are people, like, that you just looked up to in general? Not necessarily music, but, like, you feel you really aspired to be, like, and have helped kind of shape to become the man that you are today.
0: So uh, most of them are in music. Um just because that's where I've lived most of my life. Um, Like, I had my first drum lesson when I was three, and back then, the drum, like, the drummers and the bands that were, like, kind of influencing me were people like Phil Collins and Fleetwood Mac, just because my dad liked them, and they had good drummers and whatnot. Um, And then, like, I think there was, like, a few moments where, like, things clicked into place. Um, Like, Soul Survivor, which was, like, um, a youth camp over here, Yeah, yeah. Um, Every time I went there, something always just like kind of clicked or kind of like made sense. So um, the drummer one year was like, was going, oh, this is what it means to like, if you're a drummer in a worship band, this is what it means. And it was like, oh, you can actually like worship while you hit things. That's interesting. Like (laughs) you're actually part of it and you can actually like worship through that. And, And the same drummer who also told me about or was speaking about Ableton, how they run their backing tracks. And this was like early oh. Ableton, so like first edition. And um, me and a mate of mine just went home and found any way of getting it just to like mess around like with it. So that guy, a guy called Tim Cook, he he was um, kind of a guy that really like helped me understand drumming and the worship side of it and that sort of thing. So that was like a good turning point in terms of like how music can be worship and and the understanding of that. Um, and then, I don't, there's not really people that I ever, like, aspire to, like, look look up to and be like, oh, I really want to be like them. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's just been, like, doing, um, the Message Academy, which was, like, a thing with the Message Trust in Manchester. That's when I first moved over and met a load of people. Like, um, Jonathan Ogden from Rivers and Robots, like, he's, he helped Mm. me loads, like, when I moved back and, um started doing music full-time but meeting him and like he helped me like he taught me design for a year like he was great at just like bringing me like i was rubbish but they still put the stuff out there i don't know why um but (laughs) (laughs) like meeting those guys and um that course kind of like again reshaped how i look at okay like i can now worship through music now how do you use it to evangelize and how do you work with young people and that sort of stuff um so that was a good turning point and then I've just had loads of people that have, like, been really happy to help. Um, so, like, Josh Green is another, and, and Ryan um, from 1224, like, both of them, like, took me on and, like, really, like, tried to nail into me, like, w- like attitude in, in the Christian scene and, and all that sort of stuff. The Rivers and Robots guys really modelled how to be a Christian band and walk humbly and just go with the flow yeah, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, like... Yeah, there's a lot of people like that. Steven, like, from, like, who helps, who's helped me massively, like, he's, like, without him, I definitely wouldn't be where I am now. But he's someone that, like, is someone that just stands next to you and just goes, cool, off you go. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea, go on. And, like, is someone that also says no to me quite a lot and in a very good way where it's like, hey, what do you think about this? And if he goes, oh, it's not that great, then I'm like, cool, okay. Like, having that mutual understanding. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, favorite artists and bands throughout the point. But like, there's, there's definitely been people like along the journey that have just like stood alongside you and like guided, guided me into the right point.
1: Yeah, no, that's, no, that's so beautiful. And I think what's f- really amazing for me is to see a lot of those people are still in your life as well. So, and that's something that is testament of, of you, of them.
0: My last question to you was, you on Instagram did a chat where you're sat down in your Christmas pudding onesie.
1: <gasps> I'm always sat. If you follow me on Instagram, these guys know I'm always sat with a cup of tea in hand in my Christmas pudding onesie. That is just
0: it's it's March, and someone was wearing Christmas. Basically, my question is, what now? Um, <laughs> are you okay? Why are you <laughs> this was like a few days before the release and stuff, and he said you have a lot of anxiety around a release, and you do a you struggle a lot with comparison, which is something that I I, I still struggle with and whatnot. And Boy, um, yeah. it's something that I've noticed a lot more people talk about. It's like how to not compare yourself to all of these other people and stuff. And mm. so my question to you is what's your process in that? And how are you dealing with the anxiety around a release now? Like, obviously, it, does it get easier every time or does it get worse? or What has helped me this time was actually a conversation
1: with a friend because she's working on a song and she sent it to me. If she's listening to this, she'll know who she is. But, And I literally wept because the song essentially is, I forgot the scripture, but it's, I, th- I believe it's in Romans, but it talks about us being, um, um, we are God's workmanship. We are his masterpiece, you know, created for good works through Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. And it was just a reminder for me of, I am made in the image of the creator. And how dare I see myself anything less than. And that is what has helped me in this season. And what has helps me generally is just surrounding myself with people who will just affirm me and speak life into me and remind me of who I am in Christ Jesus because we can't do this thing called life alone. And it's so easy for us, especially now in the pandemic, we're so isolated because we, we have to. <laughs> Literally, it's, it's the government rules. Um, however, we still have our communities. And so that's number one, that's community, has what has helped me in comparison. Um, my friends reminding me who I am, reminding me of all the things that I've achieved and accomplished. Um, yeah so I would say that's the first thing and I would say and the next thing as well was where I was joking that like you know with Instagram and the algorithm it will have you looking at Peter or some people saying Jean-Pierre in Congo or for another country <laughs> seeing what people around the world are, are accomplishing and achieving but we forget that our lives are very different our environments are very different our upbringings are very different um, so something that that keeps me rooted and and grounded, it sounds very funny, but it's like reality is knowing what I am capable of and what I'm not capable of. So my strengths and my weaknesses. That's what helps me in that. um, I've learned a lot about my flaws over the years and how to embrace them and how to use them to actually empower me. Um, And hence why I did that whole little sit down talk was I was like, you know what, this is something I'm struggling with, but how I can use that as a tool to empower me and other people is just talking about it. Um, So, yeah, so this being really transparent about my struggles with comparison has really, really helped me so much. And then the third, which is kind of in tandem with the second is knowing what my strengths are. What is it that I do that other people don't do? And now, in this scene, for example, when we look at UK specifically, Christian artists, there was no one out here making a garage track. So I was just like, I've always wanted to. I was born in the 90s. The noughties were the prime of my childhood. I want to make music that is a tribute to that. And I feel like this next year, when people hear my music, it will come through, literally shine through. It's, it's literally naughties. <laughs> I'm channeling my inner Spice Girl. And so I was just like, I want to create a sound that I've not heard before. My friend, the um, school Dave Creates, he's a rapper, amazing. He tweeted, create the sound you want to hear, basically. And I believe in that. And that's been my philosophy for the past year in terms of music specifically. And we're not comparing myself there, is like, there's a sound that's missing that I want to hear. So I'm going to create it. So when people are struggling with comparison, what is it that you do that is not out there?
0: I think a lot of people started that way as well. It's like that, yeah. I, I was fed up with worship music sounding the same. Like I would drum in yeah. church every single week. And I'm like, all I'm doing is playing the same drum beats for four different songs and blah, blah, blah. So I started cause I was like, I wanna make worship music that's different.
1: Yeah, it becomes formulaic, you know, because once you start doing something, even if it's a business, there's a formula there's a plan when you start something you you start off kind of in your niche trying to be different and unique but because you don't want to fail you start to assimilate and to make yourself kind of adjust yourself to what is working in other people's businesses and their careers in their lifestyles and in, in what they do and you lose that kind of the zeal, the passion, the ideas that you had at the very beginning. And and it's so hard to remain consistent in that, you know, because it's very isolating. It, it can get very lonely. And sometimes it feels like no one's listening. <laughs> and that may be the case. Let's not lie. <laughs> you might release, uh, talking about music specifically, you might release a single that 100 people listen to. And you have to ask
0: yourself, are you okay with that? I think whenever I got asked about it recently is I just go back to like the why. Like why do you do it? So if the why isn't right, then it's not going to like that's where you're building from. So I've always like I've always said like I'm okay if 10 people listen to it as long as one Like, those people are impacted by what I'm putting out. I'd much rather 10 people be impacted rather than 1,000 just kind of go, or whatever. Um, So this, like, sometimes, in the last few releases, that's been challenged a little bit, where you're like, oh, it's not doing as what I thought it would be. And then you go, okay, but why am I doing it? Okay, right, this, this is why. Fair enough. And that is what
1: will help you, if you remember your why, to not compare yourself to other people. And also... In comparison it can also leave you really bitter and you end up not supporting your own community or fellow artists or you know fellow business people entrepreneurs because it's now become a competition and it doesn't have to be
0: well thank you very much for joining me for a chat and asking me questions um i appreciate it call your name is is out now um it's out you can go listen to it it's on all the good platforms and none of the bad ones (laughs) so (laughs) yeah cheers mate i appreciate you speaking thank you for having me no worries